This episode is sponsored by the Learn Jazz Standards Inner Circle. If your goal is to level up your jazz playing this year and feel confident improvising over jazz standards, the Inner Circle has everything you need and more. With monthly jazz standard studies, a library of powerful courses, and a vibrant community of like-minded musicians, you're guaranteed to improve your playing every single month. Podcast listeners can get 50% off their first month when you go to ljsinnercircle.com. That's ljsinnercircle.com or find the link in the show notes. Now, on to today's episode. Have you been told any of these 10 mistruths about playing jazz? If so, you may have started believing things that are ultimately not helping you improve as a jazz player. So let's go over them. What's up, Brent here from Learn Jazz Standards. We want musicians just like you learn how to play jazz all while shortening the learning curve no matter what instrument you play. Welcome to another quick win episode of the podcast. Make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss out on any one of these. And let's go ahead and get started. Mistruth number one, if you can hear it, then you can play it. False. This one is really annoying, especially for those who are kind of newer into jazz. When someone gets up and says, hey, don't worry, you'll hear it. Or, hey, if you just can hear the music, if you study the music, you'll eventually be able to play it. And that's really absolutely not true. The actual reality of jazz and jazz improvisation is that it's a combination of, yes, being able to hear jazz language, being familiar with it, having an understanding of what it actually sounds like, but then combining that with muscle memory and actual understanding of your instrument, basically translating what you hear to your instrument. So it's kind of a combination of both of those things. So if those two aren't in line and being worked on separately and then together, you're probably not going to hear it and then be able to play it. Mistruth number two, you don't need to know theory in order to play jazz. False. This is one that's really popular for people to say because jazz is traditionally an orally learned music. There's even some stories of, say, San Getz didn't know theory. I'm not even entirely sure if that's completely true. But in reality, if you don't know any music theory at all, you're definitely fighting a really uphill battle when it comes to learning how to play jazz. Essentially, if you don't actually understand what you're playing, then if you're even able to hear ideas that jazz musicians are playing and understand how to play melodies, you're really missing out on some major connections that are going to help you play better and help you understand the music and improve quicker. So for example, if you don't know how to play a 2-5-1 chord progression and know what a 2-5-1 even means, then you're probably going to struggle understanding a lot of jazz. That's some basic music theory that you need to know. Additionally, jazz does require some knowledge of how to play your instrument, and a lot of times theory can help guide you in order to help you explore your instrument better. So without Without music theory, you are going to struggle a lot with jazz, and that is really important to understand. However, this brings us to mistruth number three, which is you need to know a lot of music theory in order to play jazz. False. Contrary to popular belief, you really don't need to know that much theory in order to play jazz or to even get started playing jazz. In fact, the basics that you really need to know is chord progressions and how they work. So for example, understanding 2-5-1 chord progression or a 1-6-2-5 chord progression. Chord progressions you see a lot of times in jazz is super important. Understand like what chord tones are. So how do you spell a major seventh chord? It's root, third, fifth, seventh. Understanding the five main qualities of seventh chords. Understanding minor harmony, right? What's a 2-5-1 in a minor key? It's a half diminished chord followed by a dominant seventh chord and then a minor one chord. And then even having a basic knowledge of scales can 
help you just understand theory more in general revolving around jazz and how to start playing it. So no, you don't need to know a lot and definitely as you go along, you can learn little bits more that will help you and aid as a tool in your journey to playing jazz. Mistruth number four, you need to have amazing technique in order to play jazz. False. Now this one might be a little controversial because you hear musicians like Charlie Parker, John Coltrane, or pretty much any of the musicians that play what we call bebop and they have amazing chops. They're able to navigate their instruments flawlessly, just absolutely pour over top of chord progressions. And so when we hear that, we can seem to think that it really is impossible to play jazz unless you have a lot of chops, can play very quickly and have strong technical proficiency on your instrument. Now, the true part about that is that yes, you do need to have some technical command on your instrument, just like you would need technical command to play really any style of music. And the more technical command you do have, yes, it can be helpful. However, when we think about musicians like Jim Hall, for example, he's a guitar player that really doesn't have what I would call a lot of chops, but he's able to use his playing in such a way that he's able to play really fast tunes, like for example, on the title track of The Bridge, The Bridge, a really fast tempo song, he plays very simple melodic lines. Miles Davis is another example of a musician who often chose not to play with a lot of chops, instead very melodic lines, even over top of fast tempos. If you listen to trumpeter Conti Condoli in his later years, when he was a little bit older and not able to play in the higher register as well with his chops, he really just played in a very comfortable register and still sounded really, really, really good. So you don't have to have amazing technique in order to play jazz. You just need to figure out how to use the technique you have in order to play the music. Mistruth number five is learn jazz solos and you'll improvise better. Now, learning jazz solos, especially by ear, is a really common suggestion that jazz educators give for learning how to improvise, including myself. And the reason that is, is because when you're trying to learn the language of jazz, you need to be able to hear it and mimic it to start to understand how the language actually works. However, the biggest complaint from many of my students, especially in my inner circle membership who come to me, are I'm learning the solos, I'm learning all this stuff, but it's not coming out in my improvisation. And the reason that is, is because of learning jazz language by ear is really only part of the puzzle. The other half of the puzzle is actually creating it for yourself. So for example, one exercise I give to my inner circle members very commonly is to compose jazz solos of your own using the language that you've already learned. So actually slowing the improvisation process down can be really helpful. So yes, there are benefits of learning jazz solos by ear to help you improvise better, but ultimately it's only part of the picture and there's a lot of other things that need to happen in order for it to become a lot more natural. That leads me to mistruth number six, which is great jazz musicians don't plan out their solos. So hear me out here. Great jazz musicians are in fact improvising, right? But if we really look at the definition of improvising, like improvising is essentially spontaneous performing without preparation ahead of time. And so a lot of times people from the outside looking in are thinking that jazz musicians are just coming up with these amazing musical ideas, responding to the moment, and it's all completely original. However, that couldn't be further from the truth because the reality is, is that jazz musicians have spent years and hours and hours and hours preparing for the moment that they're about to improvise. They've made so many mistakes. They've made 
so many gains in their knowledge and understanding of the language that by the time they actually get up to improvise, they're actually playing a lot of isms of their own playing that has become completely natural to them. So when they see a 2-5-1 chord progression, they may not be thinking about what they're going to be playing all the time, but there are certain things that are just going to be natural to them because of what they can hear and the muscle memory they've developed on their instrument. And the more they're able to do that in different contexts and situations, the better they're able to respond naturally in an improvisation scenario. But They certainly have planned out a lot of things, not necessarily verbatim to play, but over time that preparation is creating things that are repeating themselves over and over and over again. That's why Sonny Rollins sounds like Sonny Rollins. There's certain things about the way he plays that you recognize when he plays it. Mistruth number seven, in order to get good at playing jazz, you need to practice a lot. Again, this is another really misunderstood thing is this idea that jazz is so technically difficult to play. You need a lot of technical proficiency like we already talked about before, and therefore you have to practice a lot. And there's even evidence to suggest that would be true. Like for example, we hear stories about how Charlie Parker used to practice for 13 hours a day. Now the truth about practicing a lot is that it gives you more opportunities to actually learn, but it sort of ends right there because oftentimes you can practice a lot and actually not gain anything simply just noodling and messing around on your instrument the truth is over time you can become a good jazz musician simply by making small gains not burning yourself out by practicing too much therefore staying continuously motivated and actually having goals that you're accomplishing such as what we do in my inner circle membership learning one jazz standard a month that is a lot more beneficial than learning a ton of things every single month practicing for hours on end, getting confused, getting frustrated, and then actually making no progress at all. So yes, you can become a good jazz musician, even with just an hour of practice, for example, a week. Mistruth number eight, you should never learn jazz from sheet music. False. Now, again, this could be confusing for a lot of people to hear because most often the advice that you're given is learn everything you can by ear, learn melodies, learn the chord changes to standards, learn solos by ear. And that is great advice. And in fact, that is advice I've given myself. However, I think that it is bad advice to say to never learn a jazz from sheet music at all. For example, I've had students that learn better by being able to see the notation and therefore understand what's actually being played and made more advances in their jazz playing naturally away from the sheet music because they were able to look at that in the first place. Another thing is, for example, when you get to something very challenging to learn by ear, such as chord changes, that automatically will discourage literally 75% of people that haven't done that before or are coming to play jazz, right? So looking at a chord chart that has the chords on it and then simply memorizing it could be a better way to get started and eventually weaning your way in to starting to hear chord changes better the more jazz standards you learn. Sometimes sheet music can absolutely be a good tool to check your work for what you're hearing, but again, it can be just a great tool in general if you're trying to understand something better or if you would prefer to go the route of learning it by reading it, memorizing it so that you actually retain it, which is the most important thing, and then moving on from there. So sheet music does have its place in learning jazz for sure. Mistruth number nine, master something that you're practicing before moving on to the next thing. Now, this isn't just a jazz thing. This is probably some advice that's been given in music in general. 
However, this is really absolutely not a good idea. That could seem confusing because wouldn't we want to be able to master how to play a certain song or an exercise perfectly before moving on to the next thing? Otherwise, aren't we just leaving things on the table and perhaps doing things the wrong way going forward? But the truth lies somewhere actually in the middle because while we do want to have some form of competence over what we're learning, we can actually get really stuck and spend literally months on one small thing and not gain much more from it, where there are plenty of other lessons to be learned on the other side of that. For example, we learn one jazz standard a month in our Inner Circle membership, and the reason we do that is we wanna give one month to really focus on one standard, and we're not going to master that standard because I haven't actually mastered one standard yet. There's always something more to do with it. We move on to the next jazz standard because there are more chord progressions that are similar Similar to that jazz standard before, more musical scenarios that are going to come up. So in general, you're going to keep learning and improving and getting better by switching things up. And it's also important to mention that motivation is a big factor. If you're stuck in one place for too long trying to make things perfect, then you're probably going to get demotivated and upset over the long term. Perfection is the enemy of progress, as I like to say. Mistruth number 10, you need to know a lot of jazz standards in order to play with other musicians. Now, we may want to define what a lot means, but I think when a lot of people think about going out and playing at a jam session or hopefully one day getting a gig of their own, they think that they need to know 50 plus or 100 jazz standards. And while those are great things to aspire to and you'll become a better jazz musician the more you learn, Really, it just kind of starts with five or so jazz standards to get you started. For example, you may go to your public jam session and notice that there's these five songs that are always being called. You learn those five songs, you go up, and if you don't know one, you just don't play it, or you recommend one of the five that you do learn, and that way you're actually getting started. I think a really good healthy number of jazz standards to aspire to get to is 25 jazz standards. And once you get to those 25 jazz standards, hopefully a lot of commonly called ones, then you can expand your repertoire from there. But once you get to the 25 jazz standard realm, you're going to find that a lot of those songs keep getting called over and over and over again, and also have a lot of fun things to explore within them. So that's all for today's quick win episode of the podcast. Hope that you found this helpful. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't ever miss a single episode. And we'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Hey, podcast listener, would you like to ask me a jazz question and get it answered here on the show? Then go to learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. That's learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask. I look forward to hearing your question and answering it on a future podcast episode. Learnjazzstandards.com forward slash ask or find the link in today's show notes.